Hey, SCF students, this Devin here, uh, bringing you week two of our distinct series that we're going through. Um, so we're going to be looking at some things that make you distinct, right? Um, we're actually going to do a taste test in youth group tonight, so uh, it'll be fun if you're there, uh, if you're listening to this before youth group, but uh, if not, you're going to miss out. <laughs> um, um, once in a while someone obviously stands out from the crowd right that's that's something that we do right when you look at a crowd there's someone that stands out from the crowd but most people are fairly similar at first glance uh until we really get to know each other it can be tough to pick up on the distinct flavors of our personalities right you don't really get to know someone well enough right for some people blending into a crowd uh sounds great uh i mean ask yourself this would you rather blend in or stand out uh, if you're someone who likes to blend in, you may not have even uh, volunteered to answer that question, but that's okay. We're all unique, and your uniqueness is beautiful, even if you don't love it when people notice it, right? <laughs> but if we're honest, this question isn't exactly all that easy to answer. Uh, in some way, we all want to do both things at the same time, blend in and stand out. We all want to be different and unique to some degree. We want to contribute something to this world that uh, no one else can we want our lives to mean something uh, but at the exact same time we all want to blend in no matter how loud weird or uh, countercultural we want to be we also want to fit in and be accepted maybe not by everyone but at least by certain people right uh, so how do we balance these things is it possible to blend in and stand out uh, can we be unique and be accepted and if so uh, how um, I can remember times in high school where I, uh, really tried to fit in with certain groups, right? Um, I was an athlete, so I felt like I had to fit in with the athlete group, uh, which didn't always work for me. That wasn't always, uh, the group. I felt like I had to hide some pieces of who I was to fit in with that group. Um, specifically my musical side, uh, my, my my kind of math nerdy side. I loved math and business and accounting and that kind of stuff too. Uh, I was a musician. I was learning to. Play, I was actively learning how to play guitar, and I was really interested in that. Um, and I didn't want people to think that I was uh, not practicing basketball or something when I was actually just practicing my guitar because uh, I was supposed to be playing basketball. Uh, so I hid some of that about myself uh, from other people to try and fit in. Um, and I'm I'm probably not the only one that's done this right of you listening and why do you think that is uh why do you think we try so hard to fit in with some people uh maybe we don't want to stick out because we're afraid sticking out will mean getting unwanted attention uh being labeled as different getting mocked or attacked uh feeling vulnerable or ashamed of who we are of course it's not bad to want to dress on trend or try out your friends uh, favorite hobbies there are times, however, when the pressure to fit in is greater than our desire to be who we are or do what we were made to do. Uh, so last week we saw that Jesus is distinct from any person who has ever lived because he's God. The fact that Jesus is distinct is really good news for us, but today I want to help you see that you are also distinct from anyone who has ever lived. And your distinctness is also good news, as well as it could be good news for the whole world too. Uh, there's a guy in the Bible named John, uh, not the John that we talked about last week. This is John the Baptist. Uh, he was Jesus' cousin. 
he was about six months older than Jesus, so they grew up together. Uh, he's pretty unique, like lived in the desert and ate bugs for dinner kind of unique. Uh, and he, he also had a unique mission. He was a messenger sent to prepare, prepare people for Jesus' coming. Uh, but when John shared the news of Jesus' coming, people were still uh, confused. So we're going to be in John uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. So it says, Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you, a, are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. So when it comes to realizing our own distinctness, John appears to have it figured out, right? There are three things we can learn from him as we search to find our own uniqueness. John knew who he was not. John owned the fact that he was not the Messiah, uh, which is the anointed or special one. He wasn't Jesus, and he didn't need to be. When John heard the rumors, people thought he was the coming Messiah. It could have been easy to say, yeah, that's me. Everyone come down, come bow down and worship me, right? But John didn't need to steal anyone else's identity in order to have meaning or purpose. Uh, John knew who he was. He knew God had created in him uh, a distinct purpose, a purpose that he and he alone could fulfill. So John was very clear about who he was. He said it for all to hear. He was the guy who was going to tell everyone that Jesus was on the way, and he was confident in that identity. And no, he wasn't going to apologize for eating bugs either. <laughs> uh, John, Lastly, John knew how he fit into God's plan. That doesn't mean that John knew every detail of his future or waited uh, for God to tell him exactly what to do every few minutes. It just means he understood the big picture of God's big plan. John didn't decide what made him unique and distinct. He looked at how God had made and equipped him. He didn't decide on his role either. He looked at what scripture said. It contained prophecy that proclaimed John's purpose long before he was ever born. He quoted these parts of the Bible often to let people know he was part of God's plan. He was the messenger that had been promised. Uh, John's life and purpose was foretold by the prophet Isaiah. Uh, during difficult days in the history of God's people, prophets were sent by God to speak what God wanted people to hear in their times of need. John would have known the words of Isaiah well since Isaiah predicted John's whole existence. But that's not the only message that Isaiah shared with us. Uh, sometimes what the prophet said was hard to hear, but sometimes it was comforting and encouraging. Uh, we're about to read some of these comforting words that Isaiah shared with the people of God. So f as we read this, or as I read this passage, uh, focus on the language that Isaiah uses to talk about God, God's people. So we're going to be in Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. says but now this is what the lord says he who created you jacob he who formed you israel do not fear for i have redeemed you i have summoned you by name you are mine 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I am formed and made. So these words were written specifically to the nation of Israel, uh, which were God's chosen people. By, but the way God loves Israel in this passage is the same way that God loves you and me. God, the creator of the whole universe, who made the stars and planets and galaxies, the one who made all living things, plants and animals, who created every single person who lives, is living, and will live, that same God created and formed you, is with you, cares for you, makes sacrifices for you, calls you a son or daughter. If you've ever felt the pressure to change or hide who you are, listen closely to what God says about you. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You're deeply loved by your creator. Just like John the Baptist realized about himself, you weren't designed to be just like everyone else. God made you distinct. Uh, when we read the stories of people like John the Baptist, we might find it hard uh, to relate. After all, he's a guy who had it all figured out while we're struggling with insecurity, self-doubt, and confusion about who we are. But realize we don't have John's full story, just bits and pieces. We may not know about the struggles he experienced while figuring out who he was and what God had called him to do, but I'm sure they existed. Uh, there isn't a person alive who hasn't struggled to figure out their own identity in some way. That's part of everyone's story. Um, for a long time, I struggled with, uh, I guess, just talking with other people. I always just, I just felt uncomfortable in settings around people. I struggled to make conversation, maintain conversation. It was tough for me. Um, it wasn't really until I embraced my gift of coaching um, through God, um, late in college and really frankly, until I, after I graduated that I started to feel more confident, um, started to find my own identity, uh, in ways that I didn't know before. And I've changed a lot since then. And, uh, for the better, I, I think, <laughs> um, the, the journey to finding out who God created us to be isn't always easy, but most journeys are like that. Your journey toward finding out who God created you to be will take a lifetime because you are always changing in some way, especially at all of your age. As you continue on this journey of discovering your distinctness, I hope that you guys follow John's example. Uh, one, discover who you're not. Just like John, you don't need to steal anyone else's identity in order to have meaning or purpose. You don't have to be just like anyone else. Two, discover who you are. Like John, when you find the things that make you distinct, celebrate them, share them, be confident in them. The things that make you unique, 
were given to you by your creator, and they're good. And lastly, discover how you fit into God's plan. Uh, like John, you'll never know every detail of your future, so stop waiting for God to tell you exactly what to do. Instead, look for the big picture of God's plan for you. What mission has God called you to do? How has God told you to live? What do you care about, and how do all of those things fit together? The Bible might not tell you which elective to sign up for this semester, or whether you should play soccer or lacrosse, or the name of the person you're going to marry, but it does tell you this. You were created and formed by God. Your uniqueness were created for a purpose. You were loved by God. God is with you. When you really believe those things, your confidence in who God had made you will be uh, you to be will grow. So what if you took some time this week to focus on the ways that God has made you distinct, even the unique things about yourself that you're not sure you like? What if you actually made a list? Then what if you thanked God for those things? And this is all of them, right? Physical. They can be physical traits like your specific hair type or that you're super tall or whatever it is, right? Character. They can be character traits like how you find it easy to be patient with people or you're a natural leader, or you tend to give your friends good advice, something like that. Skills. They could be talents or skills, like your love of writing, poetry, or interest in science, or ability to make uh, a YouTube channel, whatever it might be. Those are skills. And lastly, experiences. They could even be unique experiences that have shaped you, uh, like the kind of family you've grown up in, or that di difficult thing you survived, or an awesome opportunity you've had. All of these things shape who we are. Some things we were born with, others are things that developed over time, but all of them are important parts of who you are and who you're not. But don't let this discovery process end here. I want you to talk to trusted friends, adults who know you well, can point out the distinct things about you that you may have missed, and speak truth to you when you begin to believe the lie that your distinctness isn't important, beautiful, or lovable. Sometimes we all lose sight of the way God has made us unique. Or maybe we never took the time to identify what makes us unique in the first place. Instead of finding peace and purpose in the distinct ways we're designed, we feel pressure to conform or hide or change who we are. This week, if those feelings start to creep in, let me remind you of God, what God says about you. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You're deeply loved by your creator. You're on a journey to learn more about who God made you to be. And you weren't designed to be just like everyone else. God made you distinct. I hope you guys take that to heart this week. I hope you continue on this journey of finding out what makes you distinct. I'm excited to answer any questions to my guy. You guys might have it easier tonight. Uh, and with that, I'll see you next time.